in a glass case of emotion. I'll do whatever it takes to set me free. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Welcome to the Citywide Podcast. I'm here today with Vice President of Sales, Tyler Olson, along with Mitch Burnett, the VP of Operations. Today, we'll be discussing prioritize and execute, which is an important principle for anyone, but especially people leading teams. As a reminder, the Citywide mission is to be the best. We are world-class managers of commercial building maintenance that lead our industry in client, employee, and stakeholder experience. Employing principles such as prioritize and execute will be key for the teams to continue to execute this mission under growth conditions. Let's dive into the topic. First question, what does it mean to prioritize and execute? Well, really, you got to break them down into kind of the two separate pieces because to be able to execute, you really have to start with prioritizing. Personally, I know Mitch thinks this is funny, but um, I use a, a tool when that was introduced to me a number of years ago called the Eisenhower Matrix, and this is something that I learned to use when I was first starting out a professional career outside of college when you know working and managing teams. And basically, it's a grid with four boxes in it, with the urgency on the top being either high or low, and then the importance on the left side being either high or low. And whenever you have lots of things to do um, or lots of tasks that are coming your way, you can utilize that matrix to just basically go, okay, what needs to be done now? What can be done later? What shouldn't I be doing? And what can I have somebody else do? Looking at the box, the top left is both urgent and important. So something that's really important and needs to be done you know, on a tight timeline. Then there's important but not necessarily urgent which is the upper right hand box so something that you definitely need to do to move the you know move the ship of your company in the right direction but not necessarily needing to be done today it can be scheduled down the road and then there is the lower left box which is the not important but urgent and these are kind of goofy ones but it's something that has some time sensitivity behind it but if it didn't happen right then it's not going to like implode your company. So it's something that you could maybe delegate out to somebody else to do if you don't have the bandwidth to handle it right now. And then lastly is the not urgent, not important. And those are the things that basically should just not be done if there's anything else to do at that given moment. Really being able to properly assign which box something falls into, it it allows us to properly figure out which tasks to start with, which ones to put off, like I said, which ones to delegate and which ones to just skip. It really works well if you have time evaluation items happening or time evaluation issues happening with your day and you have 17 things that you have to get done that day and now where do I start? So being able to really go, okay, I need to start with these ones because they're urgent and important and then working my way down to what can I schedule out and then what can I ask somebody else to help me with really makes a difference in your day because people sometimes have issues with that. I remember when Tyler first came to Citywide, whatever it was, eight years ago at this point, and at one point you had this thing like taped to your computer and I found it really entertaining because if anybody out here listening knows Tyler and I well enough and this is not a knock on Tyler or a knock on me there's no question that if you ask like who's more process driven who's more like linear who's more oriented towards certain things going a certain way there's no argument that it's going to be me that people would pick uh, in that scenario but I have never used this ever and actually as I'm sitting here looking at the diagram Tyler has in front of me, I could actually see 
a really big value in this. There's something that I teach FSMs when I onboard them, which is how to work their inbox after being out in the field all day. And I think I could probably take this four box now and instead of having the examples that are in it, label specific things that they're going to see day in, day out and essentially prioritize their day. Even though I tell them how to do it, we work through it during the training process. If I'm not there, I'm interviewing somebody or I'm in a meeting or whatever it is, they could probably help themselves. So in a way, literally during this podcast, you actually helped me out. 100%. I mean, you get the things in an FSM's day. It's urgent, important. I have a building starting tomorrow that I need to walk a contractor through. That's urgent and important. You really can't delegate that to somebody else in most cases. You schedule it out too far, tomorrow's going to happen and you're going to have no contractor. You know, stuff like that. Whereas the important but not necessarily urgent is you need to get a quote back for something for a customer that they asked for and there wasn't a specific timeline, okay, well, you can get that done tomorrow if you don't have time to do it today, schedule it and move on. Same with my team, similar situations, but it really makes a big, big, big difference. What happens if you don't have time to evaluate? That's a good question, you know, because obviously not every situation you're going to be able to sit down, hold up this matrix and go, hmm, where does this fall? Where should I be doing it? So as everybody knows, we listen to the Jocko podcast. So this is kind of something that I've taken from them. It's more of a military term, but it really, really outlines what specifically you need to be doing in those situations where one, two, three, four things come up and where do you start? What's the most important and and where to move on from, which is called the OODA loop. It's O-O-D-A. For those who don't know what the OODA loop is, it's observe, orient, decide, and act. I'm stopping you before you go a second further because so literally I had heard OODA loop before and I'd only heard it on Jocko podcast. And it's not like it's on every podcast, right? Like it's, you probably hear it one out of 20 of them and there's 150 podcasts or something. No joke, I might be nominating myself live for a golden toilet in this very moment. But true story, I thought the OODA loop was some sort of jiu-jitsu move. And if you don't think that that sounds like something that you would see on like a UFC ultimate fight uh, that you paid for on pay-per-view, then I think you're nuts. But I mean, it, it, literally I thought OODA loop was some sort of weirdo jiu-jitsu move that Tyler was going to use to yeah. win some contest. Literally <laughs> sat, I read sat down to review this. I read these notes last night and I was like, huh, who knew? <laughs> He mentioned when we sat down to review before we did this podcast, and I basically just laughed at him. Was like, no, not so much. <laughs> um, but really, so back to being on task here. The OODA loop: it's observe, orient, decide, and act. And really, what that means is, you know, observe. When you say that, it's stepping back and looking at a situation, getting yourself out of the weeds, and really going, okay, what's happening here? When you're getting overwhelmed with multiple things coming at you, I think in my opinion and other people who I've heard talk about this type of uh, decision-making process, this is probably the most important part is getting a realistic picture of what's actually happening. And sometimes just taking one step back and taking the 30 seconds to evaluate that is going to make the rest of your decision-making process much easier. The second O is orient yourself to the actual situation. So once you've figured out what's actually happening, being able to make see where you best fit into that situation to then prioritize what you need to do, make the decision of where to start, which is the decide. And then the last one, the A is act. So start moving essentially. So if you, if you don't have the time to sit down and you know, where the, the Eisenhower matrix is more of a setting up your week or your month and looking at how do you prioritize all the things you know you have, this is a six things came my way in this specific situation. So like an FSM shows up to a building for the new start night one and the contractor no shows, they don't have a salesperson out helping them. Where do they go from there? It's like, okay, step back. We have a couple people here. 
We have other nighttime people who can come help us. I'm going to call so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, maybe reach out to an FSM or a senior ops person, maybe reach out to that salesperson, get a few more people here. If I need to, run to Home Depot, get some equipment and chemicals, and then let's get the building clean night one. We'll figure the rest out tomorrow. So that's the ability to step back, see what's happening, make a reasonable informed decision, and then start doing it. Yeah, I just had one quick thing to chime in at the, the step back and take a look at the situation. I hear this from probably every new FSM, somewhere between their 60 and 90th day because they start to be kind of let go on their own. And there's one specific FSM who would probably twice a week, I'd be talking to him on his way from his route to his house. And he would just be like, man, I've got just a pile of stuff to do. I'm never going to get it all done. And I'd, I'd walk him through that process that we talked about a minute ago of kind of how to look at his day. And yet every single day by four o'clock, he was done with like what had to be done. And so that, that step back that's not listed on our four box over here that we're looking at, but taking that step back and just recognizing, okay, if I at least prioritize this, I can probably get my head wrapped around how much work I actually have in front of me. And what seems like two days might end up being in some cases an hour and a half or two hours worth of work. And yet we somehow always manage to get it done. So the step back piece just kind of caught my attention. Once you've prioritized, what does it mean to execute? Well, that means just getting to work and doing it. We've probably mentioned this on a previous podcast, but somebody once brought a quote to our office of, if it takes less than 10 minutes, just do it right now. So sometimes we have to first prioritize and do that most important, the most urgent stuff now. In my world, uh, again, I'm just going to keep speaking to FSMs. Like when they get in from their route, they need to do things first that they either promise to a client on a timeline uh, that's specific that needs to be done or they need to prioritize getting things done that need to be in CRM so that their CCM can do their job. If their contract compliance manager doesn't have everything in CRM, they can't fully do their job. So we've got to focus on those things. After those are done, the most urgent things, if it takes less than 10 minutes, just do it right now. Let's get to moving on that and, and get going. So focus on prioritization, getting things done that need to be done first, and then you have to actually act and work through your decisions that you've made. And something that I see or I have seen in not just roles here at Citywide, but in previous careers, and I see it in other people, and Tyler, maybe you've seen this, is sometimes people spend so much time thinking about some tasks that they don't want to do, and they'll open the email and read it again, and it's like a three-paragraph email, and they kind of start to formulate an opinion, I'll get to it later. And then they open it again later that day or the next day and they read it again and they formulate the first opinion again and then kind of the next step. And by the time they do that four or five times, they could have just done whatever it was. And so it's, it's simply just taking action and actually getting things done and not wasting your time thinking about things. We deal with that on the sales end of things often where it's almost the opposite because you get the operations minded people where you have, almost have to be like, hey, that's only going to take 10 minutes. Just do it now. I have the opposite problem with my team. It's they constantly are like, well, it only takes 10 minutes. I'm going to do it now. I'm like, well, it's, it's sales hours. Do the other things that don't take 10 minutes that actually do what we want to do. You know, once it's admin time, yeah, follow that up. But it's, it's a constant battle of balancing that too, of, you know, knowing when that 10 minutes needs to be in your day. So what do you say to a person that, for lack of a better word, who's a procrastinator, how do you kind of get them to do the mind shift to kind of tackle these little things and not blow it up into a big thing? Well, I think sometimes it comes with a series of questions. And I think sometimes as leaders, that's the best thing we can do is ask questions. And I'm not the best at that. Usually I know I need to ask questions when something's really, really bothering me. So if somebody's drugged their feet on something and I find out about it because another employee is let down that somebody didn't do something we're supposed to, or a client emails me and says, hey, I haven't heard back on this. 
usually I ask questions. How did we get here? When did you first find out about this? And more often than not, people coach themselves to their own answer. And then I'll end up following up with, so was there anything more important than that? Well, on day one, maybe there was something more urgent and more important than that. But by day two, it may not have originally been urgent and important, but it's starting to become that because at a certain point we have to self-manage and we can't make people ask things for us twice. So I think asking questions is usually the best way to get there. And Brian Mansfield's not sitting here with us, but that guy is really good at asking questions to get to the root of things. If you ask any of the admin people, they would tell you that very clearly. I don't know how good you are at that, but it it's a red flag for me. If I'm really annoyed about something, I usually need to ask questions. Yeah. And one of the key things that, because on the other hand, salespeople are also inherently like, ooh, shiny objects, <laughs> whatever. You know, we just have short attention spans, which is good and bad thing. But explaining to them that, yes, something is important and not urgent today, but tomorrow it becomes slightly more urgent and the next day it becomes slightly more urgent. And now it's been a week and why don't we have a proposal ready for this customer? Now it's urgent and now not only are you making it stressful for you but you're making it stressful for the ops team and the leadership team who have to review this proposal before it goes back to a customer and you're making everybody else's life all of a sudden have urgent important things in them because they have to review it and we owe it to a customer so we're going to try to get it done and then the worst thing is, is when somebody from ops or somebody somewhere finds some other question and they have to go back and ask the client and it ends yeah. up delaying the process even further. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, that's why you need to schedule it. And that's where you schedule that block of time where you go, okay, this hour I'm gonna do everything that can be 10 minutes to get back to your procrastinator You know, question is, I do that with myself every morning between 6.30 and 7, 7.30, depending on how full my inbox is, is my, I'm gonna run through this and if it's gonna take me more than a quick response or a quick action, I will schedule it down the road. Otherwise, I'm going to knock out these 10 items and on we move. So just talking with people of owning their own procrastination, if they know that that's what they do, and then planning for it and finding a spot to just know mindset-wise that this is where I'm going to take care of those things. Now I'm going to sit down and do all those things. Helps a lot. Yeah, I think that's a good segue from our detour back to sort of where we were going, which is, so we've got the urgent important. Those are things that they're on short deadlines. You need to email a client back in a certain amount of time because it's it's important or it's a complaint or request. Perhaps somebody's sick and somebody's got to go out and either run a route or go to a sales meeting and make sure those things actually happen so that a client doesn't experience a gap in service. The important but not urgent, this is a really good bullet point here because sometimes you just have to set time to get something done. And Tyler did a lot of the prep leading up to what we're talking about here today. And this just reminds me of Darren Hardy talks a lot about if it's not on your calendar, it's not going to get done. And so setting time aside to do some specific things that they don't have to be done now, but they need to get done sometimes. If they don't ever get put on the calendar, they're just going to sit on some magical to-do list that either gets dust on it or it's like the first page of a little notepad or something, and then you get to the rest of the pages and now it's garbage, it goes and recycle, and whatever that important thing was never gets done. So some examples might be strategic planning. Megan Ashoff and I sit down and meet every Wednesday for an hour because we know if we don't make time to strategically plan, it's probably not gonna happen, and we end up winging too many things. So strategic planning, professional development for yourself, professional development with your peers, professional development for your direct reports, networking opportunities, exercise, taking care of your body, things that you want to do outside the office. Those are things that have to get put on a calendar to make sure they're done. And then if you just focus on a list, but you don't actually schedule it, we kind of already talked about this, the chances of getting it done is just going to reduce and other priorities that are more urgent are just going to move up in front and those other things will never get done. So 
the non-urgent items that we talked about previously, and we, we hit on this pretty hard, they can all of a sudden become urgent because we put them off too long. So we wanna make sure they get on a list or on our calendar to actually execute and get those things done. And then urgent, non-important, these are things that either they're just not that important or they need to be delegated to someone else who can take care of them as the bandwidth and somebody who actually wants to do them. And if you can find somebody who wants to do them, not only are they gonna get done, uh, but they're probably gonna be done a whole lot better than if you yourself try and invest the time or energy to get that done. So that's where delegation and, and team support comes in. So yeah, and just to give an example for like, you know, if you're on the sales team where this falls into places, a sales executive goes out and sets an appointment we have an appointment with a customer. There's a bunch of back of the house stuff that needs to happen in our CRM system that's important. It's not urgent unless the appointment's like tomorrow, but it's not urgent needs to be done right now. And so we actually have a position that handles all that back of the house stuff that's important, but isn't like an immediate need because that keeps the salesperson out doing what's important and urgent for them, which is going and generating more relationships, selling business, doing all that stuff. And I know there's different things that you guys do on the ops team for some of that stuff too, in terms of like creating exhibit A's. Yeah, same type of stuff. Exhibit A's, like you mentioned, contractor note updates, holiday emails. My goodness, am I thankful for admins for those three things. Uh, when I started at Citywide uh, in 2008, we didn't have admins to do those things. And I can tell you, they were like the bane of my existence. And they stopped me from being able to sell a carpet cleaning job or stay out to see one more client that day and have an opportunity to, to make a positive impression. So thank goodness for admin and their, their willingness to do those things. And they get done better than if we did them ourselves. Let me tell you, a thousand percent, they get done on time. They get done better. And it's just more thorough. So... And the last one on there is just the non-urgent, non-important. And basically these are, like I mentioned earlier, they're throwaway things. It's social media, TV, video games, et cetera. You know, you have downtime. Downtime's important. But if you don't have the time to be sitting there on Facebook, don't be sitting there on Facebook. Use that time wisely for those non-urgent, non-important things. So why is it important in life and at Citywide, do you think? <clears throat> well, really... Beyond just making sure the right things get done, it, it minimizes your stress level if you know how to prioritize things pr properly um, and then go act on them and actually set the time to act on them. It boosts your productivity and ensures the most important and urgent items are being handled first and properly and then everything else has its time and place as well. I've got another little story or example that I uh, jotted a note down for this and it just has to do with what's most important and what's prioritized and urgent. And the other day, I had like a really specific amount of time. I had like 27 minutes to get some stuff done before I left my house for the day. And in that 27 minutes, I could have knocked out like a dozen emails that just were quick little things here or there, one to three minute things, and they would have been gone and out of my inbox. But unfortunately, one of those dozen emails was something that had to be printed, signed, dated, initialed, scanned, uploaded, and sent off to a client. And Unfortunately, that whole process takes someone like me, who's not super admin driven, 27 minutes to do. And so I had to choose to get one thing done instead of a dozen things done that could be done later. And it was really tough for me to make that decision because I felt less productive. But the truth is somebody would have been waiting on something I could have done myself or I could have had done on time and, and early and had to ask for it. And instead I had it in their inbox for them when they arrived to work that day. So overall, do you think uh, most people are good at this? No, people are terrible at this. And the biggest thing that they are terrible at is differentiating the difference between urgent 
and important because they're not the same. You know, oftentimes people assume that things are urgent when really it's not. It's just something that, yes, it's important to moving the ship in the right direction, moving down the road with, you know, your job or your personal life, but you went on a building survey, you owe that customer a proposal. That's really important. It's not urgent. Maybe it is to you, but really in the grand scheme of things, it's not urgent to get it on paper, approved and back. You have a timeline that you've set with that customer. That's where your timeline is. So it's not urgent unless you procrastinate but in general, that's the biggest mistake that people don't understand. And, and people are terrible at delegating, absolutely terrible at it. They either feel bad asking for the help or they don't understand that somebody else can do that as good or better than them. I think the other piece too is that, especially for operational people, we want to help our clients. We want to solve problems. And so people will reach out and make their biggest problem or they'll try and make their biggest problem your biggest problem. And regardless of like a client's size related to another client that you might be taking care of, people will call and say, you know, my toilet paper is empty, like get out here and fill it. And that's not the best use of our time. You can't go and fill toilet paper for one client when nine people were expecting to see you sometime today between eight and one. Now we're telling nine other clients that this other person's toilet paper was more important than that. And then you're setting the stage for that client to call you every time that any little thing wasn't done by the cleaners and that you're just gonna drop what you're doing and go solve whatever that problem is. So does that really happen? It really happens. Yeah, people call and they'll make their biggest problem your biggest problem if you let them. And so we have some rules. If we've completely missed a clean at a building, like the cleaners just didn't show up last night, I always offer, hey, I will stop what I'm doing. I'll come out. Let me see what I can do. I'll come collect trash, touch up your bathrooms as best I can, get things filled. More often than not, the client doesn't want to be embarrassed by their whole team that the company they chose didn't show up last night. Whether it's a one-week relationship or a two-year Goodness, I hope it's not the first week. (laughs) (laughs) That's a problem. Bad example. Really bad example. Regardless of our relationship timeline there, they don't want to look bad that just nobody showed up. So they almost think it looks worse to have us walking around with a trash can collecting. But other times they cash in on the offer and then we got to put our money where our mouth is. Shirt and ties, run across town, go pull trash, go stock toilet paper, do whatever you can do. Try not to dip your tie in the toilet water when you bend over to wipe something. Done that. Learned it. <laughs> yeah. Learned that early in my career. So those are situations where we can go out. You know, if we set up and left something in a dangerous fashion where somebody was hurt, we actually hurt somebody at the property, burn the building down is our running joke. If you burn the building down, you can go, but you can't go because of the toilet paper roll. The so. famous quote from Greg, our owner, when we were kind of trying to put all this in place, I don't know, five, six years ago of getting everybody's days set and structured was if we didn't burn the building down and we didn't kill somebody, then it's not our problem right now. It can wait. If I'm not going to have to call a press conference and talk to the news about <laughs> this, then it can wait. It can probably wait. So who needs to be able to utilize this? Really everyone benefits from it, you know, whether you're leading a team, whether you're using it in your personal life, whether you're using it in your professional life, everybody benefits from the ability to quickly go, is this something that's urgent? Is this something that's important? Do I ask somebody else to help me with this or do I even need to do it? Um, You know, that simple ability that most people don't have makes life so much less stressful in every aspect of your life. It helps you get the more critical things done when they need to be done. It helps you schedule the time out to get the not urgent things done. And at the end of the day, it gives you some basis for deciding whether something is even something you need to do or not and kind of justify that to yourself and whoever else you're either asking help for thinks you should be doing it. I think any time that you carry something like this into your personal life and don't try and just do it Monday through Friday from 8 to 4 
and you carry it into your evenings and your weekends, it makes it so much easier to wake up on Monday and do it because it's just a habit or a, or a discipline that you have instead of something that you turn on and turn off every week as you go into the work week. And really, the more you practice it, and like Mitch was just saying, in your professional and your personal life, the quicker you get at, I don't have to sit down anymore and look at these four boxes. Like you said, I had it taped to my computer at one point. I mean, I, I took it seriously. It's actually something I've utilized myself but now it's really easy for me to just on the fly go, yep, that needs to be done now. Nope, that can be done later. You know, you get the phone call from your team member and they're like, hey, this is going on. And I'm like, cool, send me a voice note about said thing and I will deal with it when I have the time because that's not urgent. You know, I'm not dealing with that right now versus the, they want us to start cleaning tomorrow. What should we do? Okay, well, let's deal with that now. So the more you do it, the more quickly you can just do it in your head without having to really take the time to delegate the stuff out and analyze what's going on in your world uh, makes your life way less stressful. So what if your team isn't good at this? Help them get involved. Sit down and talk to them about this matrix box system that we're looking at. So again, we, we've revisited this a few times. This is something that I do with people. I just never had it defined as well as this is. And I think now I can sit down and build something that won't take me very long to look at a normal FSM's day, a normal CCM's day and plug in the things that are gonna fall in these categories and where they fall to give them a general guideline to work from. But a lot of it's going to be done during our ride-along time. So Tyler rides along with his team, goes out into the field, witnesses cold calls and building surveys and, and things like that. My team, I ride along with three or four days straight, one time per quarter. And during that time, I'm looking for themes of things that I see that give me pause. And if I see something on Tuesday, day one, I write it down. And if I don't see it again for the rest of the week, I may not even touch on it because it was kind of a one-time thing. Or I may just say, hey, I, I didn't see this as a problem anywhere else, but I noticed it here. Otherwise, we're looking for themes and patterns. And if we consistently see an organizational challenge, if we see a scattered approach to a day or just kind of a misunderstanding of how to handle these things, or I'm hearing things from their CCM or their contractors that aren't getting done, I can probably point back to some of these things and start to ask those questions like we talked about earlier. This is giving me a red flag, so how did we get here? What's going on? Help me understand this and hear people out and show them the way. Agreed 100%. I mean, it's, it's hard to really sit down and teach somebody this, whereas if you're with them and like all of a sudden three things come in, you can go, hold on a second, remember that deal we talked about? Here's how you would use it on these three things. And all of a sudden, sometimes you can just see the light bulb click on and they're like, okay, I get it now. So, but you really have to invest the time in your people if they're not good at it. All right, to wrap up the podcast, the prioritize and execute uh, for any person or team to be able to properly prioritize and execute within their days and weeks is key to succeeding and staying sane in the fast paced environment that we operate in.